Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Let me pray for us. Father, we invite you into our experience this weekend to not just learn more about you, Father, but to learn more about what it looks like for us to follow you. I pray those of us uh, who are here in the room, those of us watching online, and we invite your Spirit to teach us. Uh, we invite your Spirit, Father, to lead us in the ways of Jesus as we begin this beautiful conversation today on being the convinced. Father, be blessed and honored. In your name we pray this. Amen. Well, if you've been joining us for, man, the last few months, we've been going through some of the, uh, the core chapters of the book of Romans. And, and today we end that journey on the exchanged life. But as Gregory said last week, it, it's, it's just the end of an intentional conversation. It is not the end of us living those exchanged lives. And so uh, this weekend here at Discovery Point, we're in Romans chapter 8. We're finishing up uh, this meaningful conversation. And, and uh, this weekend, we're in Romans 8, 38 and 39. And so as I think about Romans 8, it is often called the crown jewel of, of Paul's work in the book of Romans. And uh, in Romans chapter 8, we know that Paul begins in verse 1, and he says, uh, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, and then he ends the conversation of chapter 8 in verse 39, basically with this idea of there's no separation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So he begins with no condemnation, and he ends with no separation. I mean, what a stunning reality for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. And so this weekend's conversation is about the convinced. And, and in the scriptures today, we're going to see a man who is fully convinced of God's faithful love in his life. So much that nothing, he was convinced that nothing would ever separate him from that love. You know, there's probably been a time in your life where uh, someone tried to convince you either to do something or, or maybe to buy something, and, and, and maybe they convinced you, maybe they didn't. And, and maybe it was something simple, or, or maybe it was, was something you would thought, man, that, that was pretty out there. I, I remember when, when we first started this church uh, about 20 years ago, uh, one of our founding families, about a year or so into, uh, after we'd started, about a year and so uh, into the church, uh, this family came to us and says, hey, we... Greg and Sharon, we, we have, we've got a weekend away arranged for you guys in Sedona. And so Sharon and I got excited about that. They said, hey, the kids are going to be covered. You guys go enjoy a couple days in Sedona. And so we anticipated that trip, and the time came for us for that beautiful weekend in Sedona. So we made our way to Sedona. And one of the things that they told us before we left is they said, hey, on this night, this specific night, go to this restaurant. And we've got everything arranged for you there. We, we've got it taken care of. Just to go enjoy a beautiful meal on us. And so we were excited about that. We'd never been to Sedona, and we thought, well, this sounds fantastic. And so we made our way. We got there on the designated night. We went to this beautiful restaurant, and, and we ordered our food. And after we ordered our food, we're sitting there, and, and the waiter brings an appetizer to us, and he puts it on the table. Now, we didn't order an appetizer. Uh, but he brought an appetizer, and, and he brought that appetizer to us, put it on the table, and so now we're wondering, what, what is this? 
And so I looked at it, and I asked the waiter. I'm like, oh, this is, looks interesting. What is this? And he says, well, I, I can't tell you until you eat the appetizer. And so we went back and forth a little bit, and ultimately the waiter convinced me to give it a shot. Now, he never convinced Sharon. She, she, was, she was full of resolve about this appetizer, but I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And so I remember taking a, a small piece of the appetizer and dipping it in this, this marvelous sauce, and I took a couple bites, and I put it down. I'd never tasted anything like it before. And I put it down, and I'm like, okay, man, I held up my end of the bargain. You convinced me to do this. What is this? He says, it's rattlesnake. It's rattlesnake. And, and in that moment, it was like, oh, my gosh, he, this dude convinced me to eat rattlesnake. Now, as far as I was concerned, you know, the closest thing probably that I'd ever had to rattlesnake was like that sonic uh, foot-long coney cheese dog with chili and cheese and, and onions on the top, right? That's probably the closest I'd ever been to Allah to, uh, to, to rattlesnake. But, but as I thought about that, I thought about, think about in your life, think about something that someone has convinced you to do or to try or to buy. You, you know, maybe, maybe someone convinced you to go skydiving. Someone came up with the idea, convinced you, persuaded you, and you thought it was a great idea to jump out of a perfectly fine flying airplane. Or, or maybe someone convinced you to go cliff diving in Acapulco. Or, or maybe someone convinced you to try an exotic food. Or maybe someone convinced you to buy the dress. Maybe once some, someone convinced you to, to buy the car, to buy the shoes. Or, or maybe they tried to convince you and they didn't convince you and, and you were not convinced even though they tried to convince you. We've all been convinced and we've all tried to convince. In today's passage, we see a man that is fully convinced that he will never, ever, ever be separated from God's love. Let's read the text. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. Paul says that I am convinced that nothing can ever, ever separate us from God's love. Now, Paul is actually answering a question that he's already asked in verse 35. Verse 35, he asks, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? And now in verse 38, he's answering his own question. And he answers it with this conviction, with this persuasion that he is convinced that nothing will separate us from God's love. And, and then he begins somewhat of an exhaustive list, not a comprehensive list, but an exhaustive list of some things that as he is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, come to his mind and he puts on paper. So let's look at the list as we continue to read. Neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. What a powerful declaration. What a powerful moment in Paul's life. And, and I want to encourage you, and I want to encourage myself today, that you and I too, those of us who are followers of Christ, that we too can live among the convinced. That nothing, absolutely nothing, 
can ever separate us from God's love. Paul lists 10 things. I'm not going to talk about all the 10, but, but I do want to look at the first one that he mentions. He begins with death. He, he, he begins with this, this idea of death as if to say that, that death is the most urgent threat in our lives. And, and death may be that element of, of humanity that, that there is fear and that we wonder and we're uncertain about. Of course, we all will experience it and we all know someone who has experienced death. And we wonder, is death the ultimate separator from God's love for those of us who are in Christ Jesus? And Paul, with a resounding no, nothing, not even death. And, and I just implore you today, if you think about if, if death is not, doesn't have the capacity to separate us from God's love, it's as if Paul says, what is there left to fear? If death cannot separate us, what is there left to fear? And then Paul just keeps the list going, 10 things. And, and, and notice the last thing that Paul says. He just kind of, as he lists these things, he kind of sums it up and basically said, there is nothing in all of creation, nothing created, that will separate us from God's love. I, I'm reminded when I, when I think about this list, and again, I think it's just, it's just a, a comprehensive list, not an exhaustive list, because you, you may have things in your life right now you may have things that as you read the list and you may wonder, well, well what about this? And, and, and what about pandemics? And, and what about sickness? And, and you may have something in your own life right now. If you were to make your own list and wonder, can that separate me from his love? Can that separate those of us who are in Christ Jesus? It's as if Paul would say, add what you will. And he wraps it up with a summary statement. Nothing in all of creation will ever separate us from God's love. It reminds me when, when I used to take those tests in school. You probably took those tests. The, the multiple choice test. I always liked taking that test. I never liked taking tests. But if I was going to take a test, I always felt I had a little bit of a shot with the multiple choice. As opposed to uh, fill in the blank or essay. I always thought, well, maybe the... The multiple choice, at least I feel I have a chance. And, and I don't know about you, but I always heard that if you're not sure, always choose C. Right? You had A, B, C, and D. But, but Paul, the answer is D here. He's like, you know, you had A, B, C, and D was either none of the above or all of the above. And so here it's none of the above. The answer is D. None of the above will ever, ever, ever separate us from God's love who who are in Christ Jesus, and he is our Lord. We see something similar uh, in the Psalms 139 where the psalmist writes these words. He says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me, your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same thing. Paul's convinced nothing will separate him from God's love. This Greek word convinced that Paul uses means to convince, 
persuade or to live with a deep conviction. Someone told me years ago, he said, uh, Greg, beliefs are what you hold. Convictions are what hold you. You see, we hold beliefs, but we may not live by those beliefs. We may believe something to be true, but that belief doesn't necessarily translate into change behavior. It's not true of a conviction. A conviction is what holds us. A, a conviction is what shapes us. A convictions are, are what navigate our choices in life. And that's the word here, a deep conviction, persuasion, convincing. Paul ends verse 39 with the key to the whole passage when he says, This love is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Don't miss that, because if Christ isn't your Lord, if He isn't your Master, then this conversation of no separation doesn't apply to those who are outside of Christ, those who, who've never bowed a knee, those who have never called Him Lord, because Paul is very clear this is applying for those who, who have bowed a knee to Christ and called Him Lord. And, and this phrase, in Christ, that Paul uses here, it's one of his favorite phrases in all of his writings. What I want you to see here is this little preposition, in, I, in. It, it is a primary preposition denoting a fixed position. It is a fixed, solid, concrete, anchored position in Christ. And, and that little preposition, that tiny preposition, in in Him, in Christ, carries this deep anchor, and it speaks to the power of Christ to, to hold us, and it speaks to our security of those of us who are in Christ, and it's almost this, this last idea that Paul writes here in one of his favorite phrases. It is like, until we are in Him, fully in Him, will we be convinced that nothing will separate us from God's love. And then Paul talks about the lordship of Christ. The Greek word is kurios. It, it means one, it means to one to whom one belongs. It, it, it means this idea that, that he is the decision maker now, that, that Christ is in charge. He, he's leading everything. When I hear that, I think about years ago, I can remember just, you know, being with my dad and driving around Oklahoma City for this, that, and the other. And from time to time, we would come across uh, this bumper sticker or one of those kind of aftermarket tags you could put on your car. And, and it said this. It says, God is my co-pilot. And if you had one of those or if you have one of those, I, I, I want to be gracious in the moment. But I, I can remember my dad kind of responding to that, saying things such as, if God is your co-pilot, your God is too small. And, and, and that theology has kind of crept into those of us who are believers, that it's, 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 it's me and Christ. We're, we're side by side co-piloting, but the Scripture does not teach that Jesus is co-pilot. Jesus is Lord. He is the decision maker now. He is the boss now. And one day, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So this promise, this declaration, this convincing that Paul is highlighting in this passage is based upon the lordship of Jesus 
Christ. When we know him as Lord, we can rest in the assurance that nothing will separate us from his love. And when we are convinced, when we are fully convinced of his faithful love, we will live with a fearless courage. Well, I want you to hear that. When we are convinced of of his faithful love in our lives, when we understand that, when we apprehend that, when that's our conviction, when we are persuaded by that, then you and I, too, will begin to live with a fearless courage. And we see this throughout the scriptures. We see Esther, who is standing up for her own people, wanting to go and have a conversation with King Xerxes. And basically, she says this in, in the book of Esther. She says, and people are persuading her, don't, don't go, don't do that. that that's a risk. That, that's a risk. And Esther says, if I perish, I perish. It's as if she understood this faithful love. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego right there. They're in a conversation with Nebuchadnezzar, and he's, he's imploring everyone to bow to this false god that he had built. And, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, with a deep resolve, with being convinced that they would never, ever, ever be separated from God's love, refused to bow. And Nebuchadnezzar says, that's okay, you've made your choice. And, and their, their comment, their reaction to that was when he threatened them with the fire, they said, hey, our God is able to save. We know he is able to save. But even if he does not, know this, king, we will not bow to your false God. What a resolve. Did they know something about God's faithful love that you and I, too, need to lay hold of, need to be apprehended by, that God's faithful love, when we are in Christ Jesus, our Lord, that there is absolutely nothing that will separate us from his love. And I love that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because as they are thrown into the fire, soon after that, Nebuchadnezzar looks into the fire, and he sees, I see a fourth man that looks like one of the sons of God. Could it be that in our lives, when we understand and we live and we are convinced of God's faithful love in our lives, and we live with this fearless courage that others see the Son of God in us. There have been people throughout history that have lived fully convinced of God's faithful love, and in that, they lived with a fearless courage. Dietrich Bonhoeffer being one of those Bonhoeffer was a German pastor and theologian who came against the horrors of the Holocaust and the movement of the Nazis. He, he resisted that publicly. And on April the 9th, 1945, at the age of 39 years of age, Bonhoeffer was hung at a concentration camp in Flossenburg, Germany. Before Bonhoeffer went, before he gave his life, before he was hung, He had written extensively from prison. Every believer, every follower of Christ should read Bonhoeffer's The Cost of Discipleship. But during those writings before Bonhoeffer was executed, he wrote a poem called Who Am I? And he wrote this not too long before he was executed. I want to read it to you. Bonhoeffer said, Who am I? They often tell me I emerge from my cell, serene, cheerful, and poised, like a noble from his manner. Who am I? They often tell me I speak with my guards freely and friendly and clear as though I were the one in charge. Who am I? They also tell me I bear days of misfortune with composure, smiling and regal, like one accustomed to victory. 
Am I really what others say of me? Or am I only what I know of myself? Disquieted, yearning, sick, caged like a bird, fighting for breath itself as at the hands of a strangler, craving colors, flowers, bird songs, thirsting for kind words, human closeness, shaking with rage at tyranny, the pettiest offense, tossed about in anticipation of great events, helpless in worry for friends, endless distances away, tired with nothing left for praying, thinking, working, weary, and ready to take leave of it all. Who am I? Am I this one or am I the other? Am I, am I one today and another tomorrow? Am I both at the same time, he asked. Before others, a hypocrite, and in my own eyes, a contemptibly self-pitying weakling. Or does what remains in me resemble a defeated army, retreating in disorder before victory already won? And he ends it with this. Who am I? It mocks me, this lonely probing of mine. Whoever I am, thou knowest me. O God, I am thine. When we are convinced of no separation, we begin to live for Jesus with no hesitation. No hesitation. I want to show a a video that gives more insight into this idea that we live fully convinced of no separation, that we live fully convinced of his faithful love. And as we do, we live with a fearless courage. Please watch this video. As I watched the video, there's something that stood out was this, this, this stunning line in the video where these two ladies said, we're not afraid to die. We're afraid to live a life without faith. We're afraid to live a life without Jesus. How would you live differently if you really believed, if you had a deep conviction, if you were fully persuaded, if you were among the convinced, how would you live differently if you were fully convinced that absolutely nothing could ever separate you from God's love? How would you live differently? What would you do today that might be different than what you did yesterday? Because now you are fully convinced, you understand The Spirit is revealing it to you. The Spirit is speaking to you that you are His child and nothing, absolutely nothing will ever, ever, ever separate you and I from His love. You see, when we're convinced, we, we live with courage. When we're cautious, we're often dominated by fear. When we're convinced that there is no separation, we we find ourselves living a lives of passion. When, when we're cautious and we're not sure about that, we often live lives of passivity. When we're convinced of his love, we, we have this beautiful uh, element of resting in his sovereign ways. But when we are not convinced, when we move about with caution in our faith, we, we often wonder with worry. When we're convinced that even in the difficult times, even in the hard days, even when we don't understand, even in the midst of the uncertainty, we, when we're convinced, we, we live with a joyful endurance in those times. But 
But if we're cautious, if we're not fully convinced, we don't live with a a joyful endurance. We live with a a quiet desperation. When we're fully convinced, we, we obey Jesus without reservation. But when we're not fully convinced, when we live lives of cautions, we often obey Jesus at points of convenience. You see, when we're fully convinced, we become these streams of living waters. But, but when we're not convinced, when we live lives of caution, we aren't those streams of living waters to others around us. What we become is we become dry riverbeds. You see, when we're fully convinced, we, we live as, as overcomers. But when we're cautious, when we draw back, when we're not convinced just yet, we're not overcomers. We find ourselves often the ones who are overcome. You see, when we are fully convinced, we love well because we know that we have been well loved. I want to reach out to you, and I want to ask you a question today. Are you convinced that nothing in this life, nothing you have ever experienced, nothing that you will experience today, nothing that you will experience in the future will ever separate you from God's love in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Are you fully convinced of that? I don't know about you, but I want to be among the convinced. I want to be among the ones persuaded, the ones with a deep conviction that no matter what happens this week, no matter what happens next month, next year, or the days to come, it does not matter. It may be difficult, it may be dark, it may be discouraging, but no matter what, we will never, ever, ever be separated from God's love in Christ Jesus. How about you and I, the followers of Christ who claim his name, how about you and I live with the resolve of the Shadrach, the Meshachs, the Abednegoes, the Esthers, the Bonhoeffers, How about we live with the resolves of Maryam and Mazarin? We live with the resolve, with the deep resounding truth that no matter what, we too are convinced that nothing, absolutely nothing will ever separate us from God's love. What are we waiting on? What are we waiting on? There's nothing to wait on. There's no reason to pull back. There's no reason to wonder. But let's live with that deep conviction that the people of God who claim his name, who have bowed a knee to him as Lord, no matter what, we are convinced we will never, ever, ever be separated from God's love. When we're convinced of no separation, We will live for Jesus with no hesitation. That's where I want to live. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.